Welcome to the Conscious Healing Podcast with Mona Loring. This is a show that marries the mystical with the practical to help you with your spiritual healing. Whether you're newly curious about what's behind the veil or you're well into your spiritual journey, this show offers a grounded exploration into all you've been seeking. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for coming back and listening to another episode of my podcast. If this happens to be the first one you've clicked on for the first time ever, welcome. I am so excited to have you here. Today, I'm going to dive pretty quickly into the interview. And today's interview is going to be exploring, overall, it's exploring the light and the dark. And if light and dark are different and how we face the dark and what the dark really means. And of course, you're also going to hear about my amazing guest, Courtney Beck's story and what she does and how she works with spirit and how she basically works with deities. And I'll let her explain all of that in the interview without saying too much and giving it away because it's freaking awesome. And I just really want you to take the time during this episode to think about what you think about the dark. Did I just say think about twice? I do this a lot, don't I? You know, just really explore what it is that bothers you about the dark, or perhaps you're someone who doesn't even worry about anything about the dark. You like the dark. You're comfortable in the dark. You've never been a child that was afraid of the dark. The nighttime energy is your favorite time of day. You know, whatever that may be, explore what your feelings are with the dark. And before you dive into the rest of the episode, just give yourself a moment of just pausing and thinking about what the dark means to you. Are you always in the light? Do you avoid the dark? Do you embrace the dark? What is it? My guest today, as I said, is Courtney Beck. And Courtney Beck is a spiritual author, channel, and healer. Courtney's written five amazing books that I personally can't wait to read called Conversations with Krishna, a manual for life on earth as we are destined to live, Awakened Souls, a guide to spiritual awakening and enlightenment, Universal Law, creating a new world in the image of Atlantis, Akira, finding the brightness within, and the goddess Isis, creation from chaos. You can get digital versions of all her books for free now on her website, www.courtneybeck.co. She's been so gracious to offer these books and this wisdom uh, for free. I really think that it's worth checking out. She is such an amazing, wise person, and she has she comes from a place of such, I don't even know what the word is. She's just really genuine, and there's no ego there, and I absolutely love that about her. She just is what she is, and ever since the first time I heard her on a podcast, I just knew I needed to connect with her and know her. I just think she's absolutely so brilliant and so special. And she's really giving her gift of channeling to heal everyone for all the right reasons. So let's get to know Courtney. Hi, Courtney. How are you? I'm good, Mona. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. And I, I'm so excited for us to dive into this whole subject matter because from our last call when we had decided what we were going to talk about, I've just been thinking light and dark and what are we going to talk about? And there's so many different places to go with this. So before we jump into it, because I'm so excited to ask you all my questions, 
I want to share with listeners that I first really started to hear about you through Arizona Bell, my friend that has been on the podcast before and my client. And I really loved hearing your story. A lot of your story resonated with me. I had a lot of commonalities with you about how denying spirit and having it just kind of chase you and say, no, no, no. And then, okay, I'm giving in. I will make a deal with you. So can you tell us a little bit about your story of how everything happened for you, your background, your history, and how you started to work with spirit? Yeah, so I guess my my run-ins with spirit started very young. Um, so my, my parents owned a very old um, miner's cottage um, and, and that was totally haunted. And so I would see spirits going up and down the hallway at night and so for me, that other world was always there. Um, it definitely scared the shit out of me, so I didn't want anything to do with it. And that's partly, I think, why I ran from it for so long. And no one in my family, uh, while my mum would love telling ghost stories, no one in my family talked about having abilities or, or seeing ghosts or anything like that. And so I went into a very logical corporate career working as, as a strategist, which is a problem solver for big brands. And... Uh, I was gunning it to get to a director level, which I managed to reach, um, thinking that when I finally got into that director's chair that it would be uh, blissful, <laughs> like the universe <laughs> would explode in colour and everything would be amazing and and I, I got my wish and it was just a very empty, hollow moment of thinking, God, is this it? Is this um I can't believe I, I think I, I felt so stupid for pegging all of my happiness on a job title. Um, and it was funny because right at the time of this, um, my wife Jules was very sick as well. And, you know, we were at our wits end with what to do about that. And so I, I strategically, um, I guess, turned back to spirit at that time thinking I need something. I can't keep doing the job that I'm doing. I'm unhappy in it. Jules is really unwell. I need to be at home. Uh, but the job that I had was high pressure and it required me to, me to be in the office all the time. So I actually turned to meditation uh, just to clear my head. Little did I know I'd be doing a five-minute calm meditation and I had Krishna literally pour into my body. So Krishna is the Hindu deity of love, tenderness and compassion and from that moment, I've had many different beings, <laughs> all that feel like they're inside of me. And yeah, it's been it's been a really wild and, and crazy ride for this former corporate girl that has now been working <laughs> in the spiritual plane for about four years. Wow. Okay. So four years. I mean, your story is just, I, when I was hearing it on the other podcast, I was just like, I, I, I remember exactly I was gardening while I was listening to it and I was talking out loud to you <laughs> and I was just like oh my gosh me too me too and I I first of all I love and I was going to ask you but you ended up answering it and, and telling your story but you know I was going to ask if you turned to meditation because you were trying to go to spirit and try to help and but instead the answer is that you went to meditation just because you needed to meditate, you needed to start to heal yourself. It was like step one, right? And I did the same exact thing. So that was where I'm just like, oh my gosh, me too. I was just doing a really simple meditation on an app. It wasn't the Calm app, but it was yeah. on a, just a regular app. And I want to just stop right now and, and tell listeners that 
take note of this because so many people think that you have to do something so profound and you have to have this crazy meditation and you have to have these really insane practices and you have to have your legs behind your neck and, you know, all these insets on. And it's not like that. It's really about just clearing the mind in the right way. And for you, the Calm app did it. For me, my, you know, my meditation app that I was listening to did it. And it's really just once you clear that mind and you get all that clutter out of your head, which by the way, Courtney, thank you for getting it out of mind before we did this. <laughs> so much more grounded jumping into this after working. But, you know, once you clear your mind, you are able to sense all those things that the human mind and the ego mind is always blocking. So I wanted to just stop right there and, and reiterate that to the listeners, because I do have a lot of listeners that are really new to all of this and they're really trying to dial into their intuition. And so every time I feel like there's like a tidbit lesson, I like to stop and make sure I, I share that with listeners. So yeah, I mean, it happened to both Courtney and I, where we're just doing regular meditation. We're letting ourselves just actually freaking relax for once. And as we're relaxing in comes spirit. So I love that. And so, okay. So Tell me a little bit about your work a little, you know, more than obviously you're, you're leaving it at the juicy part. So, you know, you're, you're saying how you feel like these deities are, are in you already. And so obviously I got to experience a little bit of the healing with you, which was awesome. And, you know, can you tell me how that works? I mean, you were just like, Isis and Krishna and you were just like, I was like, wow, how are they all just popping up? Like, where? Are they? <laughs> so can you go into a little bit of how that looks? for you and what you're going through and how you're seeing it. Are you seeing them literally, you know, you said that their hands were on me. So you're seeing them with me. Are they coming out of you? Are they, what does it look like for you? So I see them, um, I see them in, in two different ways. I see them in the real world and then I also see them in the spiritual plane as well. So when we do our healing work, we're in this beautiful rainforest within, I guess, the supernatural or the spirit realm. Um, and my clients lie on a, a white stone healing table and, and my job is just to observe. I don't take part in the healing as such. I'm... Um, I guess you're a wing woman in that I take your wish list of things that you um, that you want to work on to them and then they do that work on you. Um, and then it's it's my job to just write like a mad woman for the hour that we work together and to to write down everything that I'm seeing and hearing and what they're saying. And so for me, it's like being inside a movie. It's a very um, uh, three-dimensional experience it's like I can see everything that is happening um okay I love this I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> go off on saying more again because we need to talk about this okay so for some reason when you are telling me about this even the fact that you're setting it up with the jungle and everything a lot of my listeners have never experienced plant medicine so you guys might not even know what ayahuasca is or anything but the way that Courtney's explaining this to me is how I can perceive an experience with uh, Aya. And I will explain all of that to you guys later. You can Google it. But, you know, basically it's when the veil is ripped open and it's just like, hey, this is what it is because that is what these kinds of plant medicines really do for people. And I am no, in, in no way, by the way, condoning plant medicine to anybody. I am just talking about experiences people have. But what I find so fascinating about what you're saying is it's not like the person, it's like backwards. So it's not like the person is on plant medicine able to see all these deities, which people I know 
have have and I actually have seen deities and and family members of mine have seen it in meditation when you're really there. Um, and and I know people who have seen it when they're on plant medicines, and so that's why it's getting me thinking about all this. But basically, it seems like you're going through this flipped where you're almost the one that's on plant medicine for them, acting very shamanic, and so they're going through it, but the client they can't see it themselves, right? I mean, and obviously we just did a little work and I'm very in tune. So I felt as soon as you were telling me where they were touching me, I, I didn't see it, but I felt exactly, it was spot on with you. Um, but you're basically seeing this whole thing unfold and you're saying that you're sitting here writing it so that they can know afterwards and look back on the messages and all the things that they yeah. went through that, Instead of someone who was able to like, which is so awesome because so many people can't see for themselves. It's, mm. it's very difficult. And, you know, we can get into all of that some other time, but you're basically watching this process happen and translating it for them to process afterwards. So how does this work exactly? They are going through it. They're, are they, while they're going through it, do they express to you that they're having certain sensations? Are they talking to you mm. too? Or are they just super quiet? And like you said, you're just watching this movie go on in this quiet. How does that work? I mean, it's, it's such a great question. And no one's actually gone in, into depth on this. You're the first person that is I asking know. depth. I love that. Um, <laughs> so it's me. I, I am my client's eyes as they're going through this. And I'm lucky that I've got a great vocabulary because I try to to be as creative yeah. as possible with describing everything that I'm seeing. But I'm, I'm not actually on a call with the person at the time. So we agree on a time that we'll work together. And then the person will actually, some of my clients sleep, some of them um, meditate or just lie down. A, a lot of people I work with have never had anything done like this before. And they'll feel the sensations of everything happening. Um, because we we work with lots of do what I guess what I would call dormant healers. So there's active healers, people like you and me that are in the space. But then so many of the people that come to me are like, I've started seeing Krishna or I'm seeing blue lights. Where is this coming from? And it's generally that my spirit team brings them to me. And so this is their first experience. And it is very, um, you know, I had someone message me recently and say, you know, but if we're not on the phone together, why do you need me not to be driving? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you would just, there is, I don't know how energetically sensitive you are. And it can be a hugely physical experience for people going through this because you've got up to 10 different deities working on you all at once, which, which can be totally blissful and it, it can make you want to go to sleep. Um, mm -hmm. lots of people cry during it and they, they don't even know why they're crying. Right. Um, so there's the experience that I have and then there's the experience that they're having on their own, which is why I like people to meditate while we're working with them because I think it is so freaking cool that most people will feel everything as it's happening. Yeah. So, so do you need to know when they are, you know, is it in sync, even though you guys aren't on the phone together, you know, are you like, okay, I'm doing this for you at, I don't know, 4 p.m. They're meditating at 4 p.m. and you're doing it at 4 p.m. Or is it just sort of like, I, I guess it should be, right? Because they can't be driving. Like they're at least deciding whether they're sleeping yeah. or they're meditating or something like that. Yeah. Okay, great. So 
how how does this all work as you're writing this all down is it in first person where the are the deities basically telling you what to say or are you just like you said you're literally watching a movie so you're saying this is what krishna is saying to you and this is what they're doing how does it work or does it does it go back and forth? Yes. Because I know you can also channel their messages. So I'm Yeah. So it. how I put it together is I'll, I'll first um, set the scene of, of where we're working and Krishna will always be the one that welcomes people to the space. Um, and so I have images and things that I use as well and descriptions of all the guides that we work with so that people can see what I see of what they look like. Um, and and so as, as, um, as my client is lying on, on the healing table, um, anything that is said, I will write, you know, for instance, St. Germain, and then I will just type exactly what he's saying. So they will speak directly to the person, even though they look like they're sleeping on the table, they'll speak directly to them. And we, we get such epic monologues, especially from, you know, Shiva, who is um, the Hindu deity of um, destruction and creation, uh, he's just doing some amazing work with people at the moment and he's specifically come in this year for 2020 because we're going through this huge rebalance on earth and so he's he's the one that is helping so many people in our healings um, disconnect from their past and then step forward into their future. So what, what I love about them, Mona, is that they never hold back. If you come to us and you have things that you want to work on or you have, you know, a question that you desperately want answered about, you know, what you're here to do with your life or they they would never hold back from answering those questions for you and they are so beautiful to work with and they only want the absolute best for us. And they, And I think what's beautiful about working with them too is that we can think that we know what we need, but they see everything. They see all of our past yeah. across all of our lives. They see our future. Um, you know, they see everything that we're storing within our bodies. So whilst people can bring us a wish list of what they want to work on, they do so much more than that as well based on what they know that we need. So that was my next question, which is what about people who don't have a wish list? Because obviously I know from people I work with, that come to me, especially the first time, they're like, I just know I need healing. I don't feel well, you know, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm lost, I'm really anxious, I had a horrible breakup, help me. You know, whatever it is, can can you deal with, not, not deal with that, but you know what I mean? Or do you say, you know, look within yourself and at least come up with some questions or do you just go? No, that's actually my favorite you. because I get a real adrenaline rush when I have no information. That's me as a human being. I just, <laughs> I, I love the thrill of, um, because I think sometimes, you know, and, and people can send us, you know, epic monologues as well about about their life. Yeah. And whilst all of that's amazing to see and hear, and I think um, sometimes it can show us uh, what someone would like to prioritise, to me I think the real magic happens when you just let the spirits do what we need done. I agree. Yeah. Yes. yes. Absolutely. And for me, I mean, that's where... A lot of people with my sessions never really know, you know, especially if they haven't done the work, that's really when people get in their heads and they're like, what is this? What are you going to do? You know, but I, I always tell people, you know, please don't, I'm not a medium, you know, even though I, I do mediumship, I don't say I'm a medium because I always say, don't come to me with a specific, um, very specific intent of who you want to talk to or what you want to see. Let spirit do what spirit will do. 
And oftentimes, obviously there's certain exceptions. And once I've seen someone enough and they're an ongoing client, that could be a little different. And maybe that's the way it is with you. But I love when someone just comes in and says, let's just have a healing. Tell me who shows up. Let me know what I'm healing. Let me know what I'm clearing. Because honestly, I bet this is so similar for you with what you see, but I would say like nine times out of 10, they didn't even know what they needed to clear first that needed to open up before all the other things that they think are bothering them that are actually much more superficial and surface level problems. And that's, you know, today, for example, with a client I had, you know, she, I, I was like, okay, it's the first time, like, let me just do your, do your healing. And I ended up working on some trauma that she was holding from the age of mm-hmm. six that she was like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even thinking about this. And I told her about the scenario and, it, you know, it unraveled into what it was. And she thought that she was just going to go through stress with her husband. That's in, but, but spirit was like, no, you need to heal all of this. And it was showing me how her heart chakra had so much energy. It was overflowing into other parts of her body. And the energy was just overflowing and the denseness was taking over and she's just able to deal with it. So she didn't think it was a big deal. So I love that you're saying that because spirit knows best. I mean, we are so skewed with just what we see and what we, you know what I mean? That it's so hard for us to really accurately know what it is that we need in that way. And it's also interesting because I always like to tell people that, and I'm curious how you see this because of the work you do, but they're their own healer. And so it's really interesting when people are their own healer, but you're coming in and you're, you know, like you said, you're the wing woman, but at the same time, it's the deities that are truly healing. And of course with mine too, I mean, I have my spirit guides that come in that are putting hands on people. I have loved ones, you know, and loved ones in the light that are putting their hands on them, helping them heal. But at the end of the day, I know they're their own healer. How would you define that with the work that you do with them? How are they their own healer in the process that you're doing? Oh, 100%, I would say it's it's a collaboration. Um, and, and this was something that I needed to understand early on because I would have um, people come to me with these huge wish lists of, of everything that they felt was wrong with them. And, and we would do the healing and they'd have some major shifts, but not everything on their wish list would would be resolved and I'm like but how is this possible given that we're working with deities they're the most powerful beings in the world and they would say well it's 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 a 50 50 collaboration it it depends on what they're ready to release and then sometimes what's wrong with us is actually or what we feel is wrong with us is linked to um, our major life lessons that we're here to overcome as well like Ganesha who's one of the Hindu deities that removes um, so he works with us specifically to remove uh, blockages and barriers in people's further um, in their future path so you know on that path we can have things like COVID getting in the way of us you know getting our shit done and we can have um, family members that have an agenda you know a father that wants us to be a doctor or you know and we want to be an astrologer or you know um, <laughs> but the thing that they always tell me is they can they can remove anything that's blocking us that they deem to be unnecessary but they'll never remove our major life lessons because that's what we're here to learn and so I always say to people there's never a silver hard there's, there's never a silver <laughs> bullet you know yeah. it's um and Jules my wife and I were having this conversation yesterday and she was like what do you find the hardest about your work and I said to her <laughs> people's expectations it's it's tough like people can people can get incredible results and and still be 
unhappy with what they receive. And I think the other thing is too is that people can also project what they really want and they're thinking so hard about their projection. Often with our work, people don't see the results for, you know, potentially a year or two in the future. Like they'll feel changes, they'll get all of this guidance and often I'll have people um, sometimes even really violently respond to the guidance in it and then a year later they'll email me and say, holy shit, (laughs) I, I had I had no idea that was going to happen and now they're ridiculously yeah. happy but I think um, the work that we do can be quite extreme for people because it is a really extreme level of openness and, and change that can occur. So some people write to me and they're like, should I have this? And I say to them, like, that's your decision because you need to be ready for what, yeah. for what might come. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, like yeah. It, it can rock your world. God, like Krishna certainly rocked my yeah. world when they – when they came in and they, they were just looking for an opportunity to actually just pour themselves into me. So <laughs> when they, okay. So next question. And these are, I still have a whole list of questions for you. Okay. So I'm going to try to get past this and then we can jump into the actual topic today, but I love all of this so much. I love talking about this. So did they, when they first came to you, did they kind of blast you with their own clearing? You know, did they, or had you already done your work in other ways? where they were like, okay, here we're coming? Or did you have to go through anything cathartic to be able to work with um, I've I've always um, been a big advocate of healing and, you know, getting counselling and things like that and in self-development. Like I've always been interested in those spaces. Um, uh, I suffered abuse as a, as a child, so I, you know, went to years of counselling to help kind of rectify that. Um, but I, I think... From that, I've always seen healing as um, as like an onion. We we remove one layer and then the next layer appears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, I think I was finally probably ready to look at myself or to, or to realize that the destination I thought was the best one for me may not have been. Um, and so, how I originally came into healing was I was a really bad asthmatic as a child, and I spent a lot of time in hospital and. Normally, as soon as I get an asthma attack, I'd have to go straight to the emergency ward. And we were at a friend's place for dinner one night and she was a Reiki master and she put her hands on my chest and my asthma just evaporated. Um, And so mum and dad were like, "Court, you're going to do Reiki. And so I ended up, you know, doing Reiki 1 and Reiki 2. Um, I think I did Reiki 2 as a 15 or 16-year-old and realised I could channel. Um, But I still didn't want it. I still didn't want anything to do with it. So... I think really for me it was just I was finally ready to stop and listen and I've always been really headstrong mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> and doing that meditation was just an opportunity for them to speak and I was thinking about what you were talking about earlier with stopping and just clearing and so often they come through to me in the shower and I'm like, guys, this is so weird. Why, why do we always have these shower talks? And it's because I'm, it's one of the few places <laughs> where we actually stop. Even on the toilet, toilet conversations with spirit yeah. are amazing. Yes, spirits <laughs> always come to me when I'm on the toilet. I've had this conversation before. It's the worst. Privacy. Yeah, so I think it's a, I, th- I think they wait for an opening for us to be willing yeah. to ask and then not to put pressure on what we think it should be or how it should be because I would never have predicted I would end up as who I am now doing the work that I would do. I couldn't have even 
I, I would have been one of my clients that reacted really violently to the guidance saying, you're going to quit. Your, and I would be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love it. Well, again, I could go on and on and on and talk about all this. But today we're here to talk about what we had discussed that we want to go into, which is how you've been getting some downloads and you've been starting to think about the light and the dark. So we obviously, you and I offline had discussed this last week, and I'm really intrigued in everything that you've been downloading lately. So let's just start by going into, do you think that the light and dark are separate energies? So that is a great question. And I actually channeled something for you based on this, which is from Shiva, who is one of the deities that we work with in healing. So I will read that to you now. Yeah, love it. Okay, so this is also loaded with energy, so you're more than welcome to close your eyes as well as you listen to this because this is a download from them. All right, everybody, close your eyes while you're listening or driving or doing something like on a unicycle, tricycle, anything like that. Okay, the light and the dark are two parts of the same whole. So when we talk about darkness, we are not talking about two separate beings, entities or energies. We are talking about oneness. The misinterpretation humans have of the darkness is it is something we should run from when it is the embracing of it that makes our lives on earth easier and more fulfilling. What we are talking about is wholeness. To feel whole, we must accept all parts of the human experience, grief, sadness, elevation, joy, boredom. It is all part of the one experience. Just as we run towards the light, searching for its rays, we can also find solace, hibernation and comfort within the parts of the earth in our experience that the light does not touch. If I may give you one piece of advice, embrace your shadow like you embrace the parts of yourself you feel are worth celebrating. But first, let me give you a definition of the darkness as I, Shiva, see it. The darkness is everything that is unresolved or unanswered in our lives. It is what we fear only because we do not know it or care to spend time within it. Where the light of the sun touches the earth, giving light to the trees, our garden, people, plants and faces, the darkness takes that sense of knowingness away. Light is certainty, darkness is mystery, and mystery can be delightful if we see it in that way. So to answer your question, Mona, the light and the dark are not separate just as the sky is not separate when the day becomes the night. The night and the day are simply different shades of a being, the sky, that is constantly moving through changes. So do not see the battle inside of you as one between the light and the dark. Embrace the mystery of the ever-changing shades of who and what you are. Do not hide from the night and all that is unresolved or unanswered within you. We lock our houses at night because the dark brings fear of of what hides within it. And yet when you stand out under the stars at night, such beauty and mystery can be found. One would never see shooting stars if you did not venture into the dark. And shooting stars cannot be seen during the day because the light and certainty causes us not to search for miracles. The greatest miracles and mysteries of our life are found in the night, deep inside our bodies, heart and soul. The remembrance of who we are is not found in the certainty of illumination, but in the search for all we still do not know. You will find yourself faster if you walk into the shadows and set up camp there. 
the longer the night, the easier you can find your own unique place within your version of the universe. The shadows and darkness are more important than humanity realises. Treat the darkness not as a journey into fear, but as a miracle of how much is still unexplored within us. Challenge yourself to know, feel and understand what remains unseen and you will find the peace you are seeking. Not in the knowingness, but in feeling you are safe and whole no matter what colour the sky is. We only fear darkness because we do not know it like we know the day. Trust you are safe. Call on your spirit guides for guidance and light if you feel unsafe. Know that the thousands of lifetimes you have spent on this earth has equipped you with the expertise to be in both places. Listen to your own internal voice and not the narrative that dark equals negative. Darkness is unknown and this is the only reason we fear it. Not because it is dangerous, but because human beings crave certainty and what, un and what brings uncertainty is demonised. So do not separate yourself from anything. The day does not demonise the night for existing. While one shines, the other sleeps. This is like you, a sleeping giant within a human body. What the human fears, the spirit embraces. So when you are in fear, know you are being human. When you choose to step out of fear back into your divinity, you are spirit. And there is no place, realm or space you cannot walk safely through. We love you. Wow, that was amazing. It's so, okay, so many questions. Hold on here. Um, I'm definitely going to want to go back and listen to that again. I've been definitely struggling with the dark in 2020. That has been a theme that has come up more than ever. And it's so interesting because it rings so true, the fact that uncertainty is what's dark. And it's really just yeah. because we, we just don't know who's to say it's bad, you know? And it's so true. Like even with my kids, you know, at night, once it's, once it's dark, it's like, uh-oh, now it seems scary in my room when the daytime was fine. And you know what I mean? And it's just, again, not knowing. So how, how are you seeing this with everything that you've recently been downloading and, and everything that's coming to you? Can you give me a little bit of Courtney's take on all of this too, before we get into my oh, I, I think it's questions. always been there. I just think we haven't had the time to notice it. <laughs> it's like, it's, a, it's, we've always, it, it is like, yeah. um, like the day and the night, you know, and it, it is this constant cycle that, that we're moving through. It's just that I think as human beings, we're such creatures of habit and routine that we cling to that. And God forbid we look at anything that is outside of, of that comfort. Um, and so I think, you know, COVID has been the first example of something that has made us feel really uncomfortable this year from COVID. If you think of it as like an octopus, you know, one of those legs is financial uncertainty. It's not seeing our family and friends. It's um, there's so much that has come from this from this one thing. Um, so I think it's, yeah. it has always been there. And the thing is we've survived it. You know, how much have we survived in, in the past? And I think part of the problem is, is the media. And, you know, I've, I've worked in the media, so I know what it's like. <laughs> and, and, you know, media thrives on, on clicks and fear is what creates clicks. And so yeah. I think the main thing is that we've actually had the space to see it. 
because so much of us have been home or our routines have been adjusted. So for me, I don't think that life has changed that much. It's just that we're more aware of what we don't know. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I agree with that. And I think that it's always interesting talking to people about how they're going through 2020, you know, and how they're going through the motions of COVID. And it's also interesting even talking to you, you know, you're on the other side of the world and, you know, but we're going through the same thing and that's bananas for, first of all, you know, when is, when has life always been globally, all the people thinking the same thing and wondering the same thing. And, you know, granted it's divisive, but in general. So I feel like it's so important to embrace the dark and that's something that until I really started to dive into my journey, I didn't even really understand what it meant. You know, what was the shadow self and in what, what do I really have to look into with that? And I think that it needs to come really naturally. And sometimes if we force ourselves to, we're going to push it away because I found that when I'm really forcing myself to deal with my shadow, I'm always just sort of like, well, it's, you know, it's not, it's not really coming up. And, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking something that's really not there. And, you know, I start overthinking it. And instead, when it starts to come up and I go, okay, I'm not going to push this away. I'm in it. And now I'm going to sit in it. And I'm going to be with this. And I'm not afraid to say negative things about myself that are, that I'm going through, you know, I'm not perfect. And that's okay. And I don't need to be perfect. And I just started, started, to make friends with, you know, the, the other side of me, that's not so great, you know, and it's hard for me because I am, I don't know what, what my deal is, but I have always tried to be so perfect to everyone. Not that I need to look perfect and not that I need everyone to love me, which is the weird thing, but I just always want to be my best self to everybody. But we were talking about it right before we got on this podcast recording where I even told you, I was like, I just had to drop a PR client, you know, and I was just like, okay, this is crazy. Like I just decided to say no. And I just snapped and I couldn't take it. And, you know, there was a part of me that was just, you know what, Mona, like you're a healer, you're shamanic. Like, can't you just put your shamanic light on this and just fix it? And there was this part of me and I was like, that nothing needs to be roses like that. Nothing needs to be perfect like that. This is the shadow side of this client. And nobody's saying that I'm, they're not coming to me for healing. They're not coming to me to be corrected. And I'm not needing to be in that role right now either. And I started to kind of look at my shadow in very short amount of time because it's my work day. But I started to really assess that. And I was literally thinking, oh, this is going to be so interesting to talk about the light and the dark with Courtney later, knowing that I'm going through this right now. So there's so many different ways we can look at what light and dark is. And it's either our shadow selves, our personalities, the things we don't like about ourselves, the way we've been hurt, the uncertainty of the world, fear, like you just said, the media and everything that it's, it's, it's been. But like your, your message just so poetically said to me and spoke the way it spoke to me was, you know, hello, there's beauty in this dark. Why are you thinking that all of this is just icky, you know, and it's so true. I mean, I, I, I love stargazing and I love when I look up and I see a shooting star and I tend to see them more often than not. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, lucky timing. And I think that that's the way we need to look at things in life. 
where when they're dark, it's like, well, where's the beauty in this darkness too? And I love that your message really reminded me of that. And that's why I want to go back and really listen to it and think about, you know, is there beauty in pain? Is there beauty in fear? And, and what is that? Because like you said, the sky is the sky, but the sky is dark sometimes and the sky is light sometimes. And I think that that's such an interesting concept for everybody to really realize is that when you see something dark, that means that if you flip it over the other side of it, yin and yang, you know, when you flip it over, there's got to be that light yeah. because everything is bad. Yeah, and, you know, I was only reflecting on this morning with, with a friend I feel like 2020 has been amazing for me. <laughs> I've had a, a really good time and yet, you know, it's it's been a really hard year but I was thinking, you know, why has this been such a good year for me? And it, I've done predominantly shadow work yeah. and it's, it's not even that I've gone consciously into mm-hmm. it. For me it's probably been a bit more like a cosmic game of tennis where I feel like the universe, you know, belts <laughs> the ball at me sometimes and I see it coming now and I'm, I, I look at it and go, okay, how do I want to hit this back? Um, and, you know, how do I want to work with it? And it's really interesting because in the healing work that we do, we work with so many people whose hearts, um, whose, whose throats are, are blocked because they swallow words. Yeah. And, and I, I do it too. Like I'm the same. I'm yeah. a perfectionist. I never yeah. want to hurt anyone's feelings. This is, as I was telling you earlier, this has been my year of practicing saying no to things and, and creating better boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. But something that I play with mm-hmm. to let those words out of me is I'll say to my wife, Jules, um, if I'm starting to rage about something, I'll say to her, this is my shadow self about to speak. <laughs> and then I'll just, I will just freaking let rip and and she knows that anything that (laughs) my shadow says is just pure fire that needs to come out of me um and and that has helped give me permission because most people think I'm just really calm and gentle all the time but I have a real fiery side as well and 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 that has really (laughs) helped made up to work with that energy and to get it out of my system because you know the work that we do is clearing all this stuff from people's systems so I don't want to be you know what I tell my clients not to be like I'm always telling them to release so um right to, to me the shadow is where the magic is you know it's like the light is you've been making that recipe for however many years you've been on earth like you know the certainty the the power and the potency of who we are is is often still hidden in the place that we're not willing to go. Um, and like I like I said, I, I would have never chosen this job for myself and yet it's exactly where I needed to be. But it scared the shit out of me for a long time. Yeah. I think, oh, it's, it's so funny just as you're speaking, I'm, I'm in this such a reflective mode. I just keep thinking about, what I went through today because I have not had a conflict with a PR client in a really long time. And part of it was, I was like, oh, well, I'm finally putting my shamanic work into my PR work. And so everything's roses. And it's like, there's only so much that I can control. And I'm really starting to see that. And um, it's just, it's so funny what you're saying and reflecting and it's the same for me as when I'm about to say something to just to just allow that energy to be known of like, 
this, this is my shadow side, or this is, this is going to come off a certain way, but just know who I really am. But this is what needs to come out of my system because there's energies that need to come out of my system. And I think that that's so brilliant. And I think that's so necessary. And I think that if more people really did that, they would be able to resolve conflicts and be able to communicate so much better. And, you know, again, with my own personal life, you know, experience today, not to like take this podcast <laughs> hijacked about my healing about this client that got to me today. But, you know, just for a real world experience, you know, even when this client should have told me beforehand that they were unhappy about certain things instead of pretending like they were in the light and pretending that everything was okay when they were going through whatever they were going through. And that's exactly how I see energy build up in everybody who does not let it out. If they had just (laughs) said, hey, you know what? Like, I actually don't understand how this works. Can you explain instead of waiting, 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 waiting until they're like, "Ah," you know, it would be different. And I think that if we all just take that moment when we start to feel that buildup of, I really need to say this because this is bugging the crap out of me or whatever it is, we're not going to explode. We're not going to become volcanoes either. And unfortunately, society has made it so where we have to dance around things and we have to walk on eggshells. And that's really hard for someone like me because I'm actually, even though I told you, I try to be a perfectionist and all those things. I'm, I tell the truth. Like that's the one thing I could promise people is that if I'm thinking something about you, if I'm feeling something about you, I'm going to be as honest as it is. You know, I, I'm not even as honest as possible. I'm going to tell you. And that's for me been really great. My maybe <laughs> say too much, but you know. Anyways, going into all of this, I'm rambling. I've never rambled so much in a in a podcast episode. I'm sorry, listeners. I apologize. I'll be better next time. But I want to go into the next question that I have for you because I really want your take on this. And my question is, how do you feel like being in dark and being in the dark as someone's in it can remove the fears from someone? Because we've always, like you said. We've been taught to stay in the light for protection. We know that, like you said, but we don't know what it's like to be in the dark, to be in the fear. So what do you think about, you know, with this, like, does being in the dark remove those fears or do you, or do you have to actually actively do the work without bringing the light in? And that's what I'm really saying. Cause most people think I'm in the dark, so I need to bring in the light to go to the light. And that's how I'm going to deal with my fears or that's how I'm going to deal with my problems. Well, to me, I think you are the light. You're just sitting in the dark. You're just sitting in more darkness than than what you're used to. And and in that respect, I I think it's like a muscle that we get better at. um, The more we sit in the dark, the easier it it gets, the less scary it gets. So um. I think that that for me is what I've been practicing this year is just surrendering to it and and not fighting it. And I I think that's something else that our society does is that we try to rush Mm. everything. You know, it's like I I need this, um, I need this solved, (laughs) you know, right now. Like I was um, on the weekend, I was having a total breakdown and I was, you know, crying on the lounge to, to my wife, Jules, saying to her, I don't know who I am and I've got two interviews this week. How am I supposed to speak to anyone when I'm having a breakdown? And, you know, it was, it was gone within a day, but it was just more a case of I think we, in our nature, we, we just try to fix everything straight away. When someone else around us is in pain, we try to fix that yeah. as well. And sometimes it's that healing journey that they have to go through. And sometimes it's the healing journey that we have to go through. Yeah. And 
to me, it has just been hugely valuable learning to sit in, in the unknowingness and it's almost like you could think of it as, um, you know, when we're in the daylight, it's like we're grounded, we're on earth, we know where we are, I can put my hand on a table, I can put my hand on a tree. But, you know, when you're in the darkness, it's, it's a bit like falling through space. You know, there's nothing for you to cling to. And, and that can be really terrifying. But in those moments, I mean, you, you can absolutely call on your spirit guides. You know, everyone has spirit guides, even if you don't know their names or you don't feel like you can hear them. All you have to do is call them in because all they need is permission. They, they're waiting for us to mm-hmm. ask. Um, right. But... Right. I think, I mean, my biggest lesson this year has definitely been surrendering to to the not knowing and knowing that that's okay to not know everything all the time and to not have the answers and and to trust that we are being looked looked after even if it feels like the shit is really hitting the fan. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and... I mean, the first episode I made of this podcast was yeah. called Trust and Flow because of COVID, you know, and I just really need to surrender. And there, it, I, I always tell people when, when we get into this discussion, it's this was the year for us to release that control because we have no control. We've always thought we did. We never had control. That's the best part, you know. And so everybody's been having to deal with the fact that they have lost this control and they are just like you said, they're in the dark. So they're, they have nothing to grab, but they have nothing to give them that certainty or that consistency anymore. We don't know what's happening tomorrow, you know, and there's a beauty in that too, because for me, when I surrendered and I have a feeling you're going to say the same thing, when we surrender to that, there's just this release of like, well, I guess I'm not going to worry. You know, there's nothing I can do anyway. And there is a higher power that is, you know, powers, whatever it is, looking after me and taking care of me. And I just have to trust that. And that was the most freeing feeling that I'd ever had. And it's, it takes training because it's not like I, I, I realized it and I'm, like, I'm good to go. I'm always going <laughs> to surrender. It's like I find myself even today, control, control. What is this? I don't like this scenario. I don't like this. I don't like that they're making me feel like this. I don't want to work with this. How do I yeah. control this to make myself feel better, right? When instead, as we're having this conversation, I'm going through my catharsis, clearly. You know, it's, it's me saying, you know what? Arms up. I surrender. Let it be however yeah. it is. And I think, too, you know, this me. year with, you know? with most people being driven indoors and, and out of their routines is that all these things that we would cling to in the outside world to make us feel like we're not falling through space, <laughs> you know, whether that's our addictions, our friends, our career, you know, all of those things, those aren't there. And we're essentially being pushed within because that's the only place that you can feel steady. Like stability doesn't come from anything that exists in the real world. Like if you really want to feel calm and centered, the the only way you can do that is by going in and, and looking at what's scaring you. And I think the thing that's really tough when you're working in, in the spiritual space or you're interested in spirituality is that, so much of it is is love and light, which can make it really hard when you're going through a really dark space or you've got anger coming out of you and you want to throw shit around the house. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's tough because you're in this place with soft pastel colours and where, you know, everyone seems to have the answers. And, and the, the thing that 
people aren't showing is is the meltdowns they're having when they're not on Instagram. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. With my yeah. Very work true. that I do on social, I try to put on there when I'm having a meltdown about stuff or when I when I don't know the answers or I'm struggling with things because I think it just gives people permission to go yeah. Um, you know, there's other people out there that don't have all the answers. There's other people who are struggling with this as well. Exactly. Nobody has all the and answers. And I think <laughs> I think that's that's a problem in Nobody our in our space is that people I don't know, like certainly for me, yeah. the further I've gotten into this journey, like bloody hell, I realise how little I know. You know, the more I get in, the less certain I feel about everything. Yeah. It's I say um that all the time too. Yes. I, th- I think it's definitely like a muscle that we f- we get better at flexing over time, sitting in the uncertainty and just going, am I okay? Am I okay in this moment? Do I have everything that I need? And maybe it's not everything that you want, but do you have everything that you need? And yeah. Th- we're born with everything we need. You know what I mean? And that's what we forget. And we think we need so much more outside of us. And, you know, even even the messages that, you know, I get are always, you know, you, you just need yourself. I mean, you even reflected that to me earlier where it was like, you know, you worry about your kids, you worry, you know, but first take care of you, you know, pay attention to you. And, you know, we all forget to do that. We're always seeking without. And I love that you just said, you know, again, with COVID, we were all forced to go indoors and indoors meant inside within ourselves. And we're still supposed to be doing it and people aren't doing it as much, you know? And they're sick of it. And it's like, well, maybe take a look at what that is and what that looks like and honor the fact that, you know, whether you believe that COVID's a conspiracy or whatever all the thoughts are that so many different people have, it doesn't matter. I believe that the universe wanted us to go within. And whatever it is, whether there's any reason why, that was the commonality I truly believe yeah. was for all humans yeah. on earth right now. I think to, if, you, if you think of it as, as us, as, as like a house, I think the universe right now is asking us to clean out our basement and there's some, some dead rats down there that smell really bad yeah. and even if you keep your house nice and tidy, you can still smell whatever's happening in the basement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stop spraying the Febreze over your dead rats in your basement, people, okay? Febreze is just more toxic yeah. than and if you, stuff. If you even think of it in, you know, in, in the metaphor of, <laughs> of a volcano, that lava just continues to build. There is no yeah. escaping it, and that's why it's better lava. to release a bit of lava over time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's healthy, mountain. and and <laughs> the nature of it is is that when you release this stuff out of your body, yeah. you know, God, will you feel lighter? It's people often don't realize the level of pain they're sitting with until it's not there. Yeah, that's huge. That's exactly right, and people don't understand how much the opposite is too of how much they want to keep holding on to their yeah. pain because that's what they know and that's what they're comfortable with and they're terrible or sorry they're terrified about the other side of it you know and and healing and so it's it's it cuts both ways okay I need to be mindful of your that's time. okay way over time and I'm so sorry so I want you to tell us about your amazing books because you have and and I've already told the listeners at the beginning of this episode about them but Tell us about your amazing books and the process of gathering this really great information with how you're channeling and 
so um so we have five books now that i've channeled (laughs) with three different spirits so the first uh three books which are conversations with krishna awakened souls and universal law um they're all channeled with krishna who's the hindu deity of love tenderness and compassion um so conversations with krishna is uh how um i guess it's it's the manual for life on earth as we were destined to live had we lived in the way we were intended. Um, Awakened Souls is is more like a a companion guide for someone who's going through a spiritual awakening and going through the shedding process that happens when we go through that. Um, And then Universal Law is all about the universal laws that govern our world and how they affect us at a personal level as well. But it's told through the story of Atlantis, which is actually a really parallel story to us now. And then we did recently a book with uh, Akira, who's a spirit guide of mine. Um, He's a very flamboyant Korean man in his 50s who is probably 50,000 years old. Um, But that that book is very Eastern in its flavour and and it's all about the self and how we conform in modern society and and how to free ourselves and to find um, what he calls the lost artist within. Then we just finished very recently actually a book with Isis, which I thought was going to be a book about ancient Egypt, uh, but it's actually Isis's uh, perspective on everything really, on earth, on us, on the universe, on extraterrestrials, all kinds of things. So we we did that one in in two weeks, which is a good time probably now to, to shift into how it happens for me. So because I feel like they're all around me all the time, they're like family. Um, when I finish a book, I get mm-hmm. told who the next book will be with. And so, yeah, and that, that's a bit that I, I've as done for that moment. Like that last chapter, I'm like, who is it? <laughs> yeah. Just want you yeah, and so, out. <laughs> um, you know, Jules and I were just sitting in the lounge room recently and they said to me, uh, you need to take two weeks off. You're going to do a book with Isis, move your healings, and you, you're going to need every every bit of energy to do this. And so we, we just spent 10 days channeling. And so I do about five or six chapters a day. And so what I, what I do is I, I just sit down and I say to Isis, what do you want to talk about? And then it just flows out of me. Uh, so each chapter can be, it normally probably takes about half an hour. Sometimes they're quicker than others. Um, and, yeah, it's essentially giving them their say, and, and, and their perspective in our, in our world. So. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Seth books and I've brought them up a few times on my podcast. And I feel like this is yeah. another version of just channeling this wisdom that other people can't very easily dial into or tap into that gives them that, that guidance and that food facade. And I'm trying to decide which one of yours I want to read first. I was literally like, hmm. I'm very attracted to ISIS, so I'm, 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 I'm leaning that way, but you know, we'll see, we'll see where I go when I finally. Well, they're, they're all loaded with energy. So when you read them, you you get so much much more than a book. They're almost like a series of activations. Yeah. I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they, absolutely. There's certain books that I pick up and I open it and, and I'm like, well, you're blasting me with energy. Well, I was going to say it's too. Such an incredible feeling. It's, I love um, it. So it I've actually released them all for free, well. digital download. So on my website, you can download all of the books and all of the meditations. Um, 
for free. So there's no barriers to receiving all of the wisdom that's in those books. And that's so cool of you. And yes, I, I already have told the listeners that as well. That's so awesome of you. Thank you so much. I'm be trying to be so mindful of your time. I don't want to keep you any longer. So can you just tell us one more thing? Where can we find you online and on social yes. media? So online, we can find you at Courtney Beck. Uh, I'm mainly on Instagram and it's at Courtney Beck.co. Yeah, that's where I spend most of my time. Easy peasy. Easy to remember. Thank you so much for your time, Courtney. I really appreciate you. I love all the work you're doing so much. I think it's so special. And there's a vibration that you hold with everything that you do that really speaks to Thank me. Thank you so for I having just want to me. Honor the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. And I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. There's so much that I could have gone on and into with Courtney, but obviously I'm always trying to cap my episodes from being too long. But I hope that this gave you some food for thought about light and dark. And I hope that this inspires you, if you haven't already, to explore your shadow side and to really dive in deep to your deepest emotions that don't come from such a great place. You know, diving into your sadness, your anxiety, your fears, your anger, your resentment, whatever those really not so pretty things look like, dive into them and just be with them. It's not about having to heal them or overcome them or deeply analyze them. Sometimes just sitting in it and being with it is enough. You just don't want to mask over these emotions and and shove them down. I see that so much as a healer is people who just swallow, you know, their emotions down and it just becomes kind of thicker energy that lies in their system and then it just packs on like the way you can pack on the pounds you pack on this negative energy in you and it really does not serve you so sometimes if you can just honor it by just being with it that's your own version of healing as well and another takeaway from this episode that I'm thinking about bringing up again is the fact that there is no difference between light and dark it's the same thing and Courtney said it really well with her message that the sky can be light and the sky can be dark. And guess what? The sky can also be halfway, right? At dusk. And nothing is all light and nothing is all dark. There are both sides to both of it. And you might think, well, you know, spiritual things, they're all light. But at the end of the day, there's that balance for them too. It just depends on how you're looking at it. So honor both your light and your dark side and understand that it's beautiful no matter what, and there's beauty within you no matter what you're looking at. And hopefully this episode was helpful for you. I'll catch you next time. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you like what you heard, please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd really appreciate that. You can also find me on Instagram at Healing with Mona and visit my website at www.consciousheelingco.com and send me a message there if you want to work with me one-on-one. Until next time, this is Mona Loring signing off and sending you all the good vibes.